Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Everybody, it is Wednesday, new comic book day, and welcome to the Talking Comics Podcast. You're listening to episode number 357. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me this week are Mr. Bob Ryer. Oh, time warp. Seems like we missed 200 episodes then. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica Schaefer is joining us once again. Hello! Hello! What's going on, everybody? We have a packed show for you this week, including lots of comic book talk and uh, some of your fine listener questions as well. Um, Racking the brains tonight. Yes. Uh, Joey is off gallivanting, doing a couple of things. He will not be here this evening, obviously, uh, as well as next week, because he's decided that he doesn't like us anymore. Uh, he's off doing that one-man show again, I guess. We do have tentative, tentatively a guest for next week. Yes. guest A guest host. That is true. Uh, Professor Carolyn Coker should, should be sitting in with us next week. Oh, you buried the Yay! lead. <laughs> That's awesome. Haven't had Carolyn on in quite some time. It will be nice. Yeah, she's just back from... Just back from Germany, where she did her uh, Superwoman presentation. I still can't believe she went all the way to Germany for that. That's amazing. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. She's moving on up in the world. I'm surprised she can uh, still make time for the old Talking (laughs) Comics podcast. (laughs) Those Eisner Award winners, you know? Yeah, they're a scrappy bunch. Yeah. (laughs) You should see their secret handshake. It's it's incredible. (laughs) I wonder if her and Melissa have a secret handshake by now. Oh, I'm it's sure. Kind of like upstate New York. But the Hudson Valley crew. Hudson Valley yeah. hand- the Hudson Valley handshake. That's exactly. There you go. Perfect. We'll have I to watch for the, the meetup next week. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, we usually fill the top of the show with a banter, but instead, this week, uh, we are going to make a statement about uh, something from last week's show. So if you would bear with me for just a bit. Here we go. Not long after our last episode went live, I'd received a tweet from a concerned listener with regard to Jess talking up Blood Rain number one from Alterna Comics, an indie comic book publisher established in 2006. Before we address the matter any further, I want to say that if you'd like to voice a, con- a comment or concern about a book presented on the show, please contact the individual who brought the book to the table directly, as we are all more than willing to listen and are capable of discussing our own contributions. With that said, uh, Alterna Comics has recently made quite the name for itself as the ongoing Comicsgate movement continues to have a foothold in the industry. 
It wasn't that long ago that Alterna endorsed publishing a new comic by the name of Based Stickman. The following has been taken from CapelessCrusader.com. I did not write this next part. Uh, in an article posted on Mick.com yesterday, conservative comic creators Brett R. Smith and Mike Barron revealed that they are taking part in an effort to create a comic-based series uh, on the exploits of true-life alt-right figure Kyle Based Stickman Chapman. For those uh, lucky enough to be unfamiliar with Chapman, he rose to prominence in uh, alt-right white nationalist circles in early March when he was caught on video at a pro-Trump rally in Berkeley, hitting an anti-fascist protester over the head with a wooden rod. Chapman was arrested for assault later that day, but the video went viral and he soon became known as Based Stickman, the Alt-Knight, with a K. The takeaway from this uh, is that Alterna Comics, despite publishing plenty of other titles, is entertaining the idea of publishing this title. You can say that comics are for everyone, and they are, but that doesn't mean that we have to stand by a publisher who chooses to give a platform to hate speech and will host characters based on alt-right figures. We as a podcast and as a website do not subscribe or endorse books of this nature. If you need another example of how Alterna Comics is doing questionable things within the industry, the label also recently issued a line-wide mandate that all of their creators must cease the use of blockchains on social media, with, uh, while emphasizing that any creator under their wing must be open to engaging uh, with readers of every ilk. While this might sound like a good way to get the word out about your comics, it also places creators in a position to be harassed by crazed fans, with no choice but to endure said harassment if they want to continue uh, publishing books under Alterna's label. As a result of this mandate, a percentage of Alterna's creators denounce the label and have opted to take their books and talents elsewhere. We are not telling you to not read Alterna Comics books. You can read anything you'd like. I'm simply saying that we, as a unit, do not support Alterna's recent actions and business practices. There's enough of this Comicsgate shit going around as it is, and as many of our loyal listeners are sure to know, we wear our love for inclusivity on our sleeves every week here on this show and in our daily lives as well. So thank you very much. Um, we did talk about a book last week. Jess, do you want to jump in? Um yeah, I talked about a book uh, pretty much. I had no idea that this had happened. Uh, I do try to keep up on as much of this stuff as possible. I'm not the only one that didn't know. Bob actually I told me. I did not either, yeah. Yeah, Bob had no idea. Um, uh, pretty much, I saw the book on the shelf. I picked it up. It was my, you know, my wheelhouse. Uh, I enjoyed the book, and I talked about it. It wasn't... Um, uh, meant to to uh, say that I endorse them. I had no clue that this was going on. It was an honest honest mistake. Um, also, like Steve said, I have no problem. Please, if you ever have information like that, please contact me. I am not above being educated by anyone. Okay, I I would I have no problems with it ever, at all. <laughs> um, I could be wrong just because I talk about comic books on the internet does not mean I know everything about them. Um, and Who does? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. None of us do. Yeah. So yeah, I have I have no problem talking about it. I apologize if it did offend anybody. It wasn't meant to. Um, I did not know, and it was an honest mistake. Right on. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, Jess. I I try not to give myself a migraine looking at all this sort of stuff, or have the bile rise in my throat as we go on and on, especially just before we go on the air. And until I started seeing the notes we were, we were looking at for this week's show, first I think I had ever 
heard of any controversy about the company at all, which just shows that I'm mm-hmm. a little too sheltered, I guess. It, it was out there. Uh, there are a lot of, lot of articles. No, but... I, have, I have thoughts on that, too. But go ahead. So I, I'm just as Jess said, if if I've brought something to the table ever, do not hesitate to send that email to that address. We all answer our emails and messages and everything else. And always room to learn. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while we're talking about it, just for clarity, um, I did know about the stuff when we were speaking about the book last week. But the reason that I didn't say anything at the time was because, first and foremost, I wanted to do some research. I knew that there was some nefarious things going on within the company, but I was not going to point the finger and lay claim to anything without actually looking into it first and having a couple of articles and and facts and stuff to back it up. Uh, And two, I wasn't going to embarrass a good friend on a show and uh, run the risk of of turning the conversation awkward um, for such a a weighty topic, if you will. So, um, you know, we all we've been doing the show for a long time. And we all pride ourselves on putting our best foot forward when it comes to to comics and everything. But it's also important to remember that we're just people. And every now and again, things are going to slip past us. All right, let's switch gears for a moment. We actually have a very happy and exciting announcement to pick up the mood a little bit here. Uh, Jess, do you want to field this one? Um, sure. Are you sure? I'm, Are you going to be I able to make so it? Sure. I, I am going to. I am so excited. This is this is something that previously I was very anxious and very not, not excited. Now I am very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited to announce that this Sunday uh, we will be recording a special episode of Ladies of Valhalla about A.S. King's I Crawl Through It along Ooh. with the writer herself, A.S. King, and Kelly Sue DeConnick. What? they will both be joining us and uh i am super nervous and super excited and like you know those tingly butterfly vomiting feelings all over (laughs) and i i'm not exactly sure though when it's going to be put out i know i think you have the 12th year i don't know i'm guessing because you usually do middle of the month on a friday yeah, I don't know if it's going to be released separately as a separate because we are doing special. another issue. Yeah, okay. this is going to yeah. be like a special one. I'm not sure um, about that. I probably should have asked Sarah before tonight, but I didn't. Sorry. It's okay. We don't have to put a date on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure the date that it will Coming come out. Coming soon. Coming soon. We are recording this Sunday, though, so it is very exciting. That's I a heck am... of a teaser. Yes. I'm so excited for you. And since you are not going to say it, I'll say it how this entire thing came about and it's okay to have some pride in these things and boast a little bit uh this was kelly sue's idea it was it was kelly's idea (laughs) she was so the last time that she was on for our 350th she evidently really enjoyed herself really enjoyed speaking uh with bronwyn and with everybody on the show uh so when she heard about the new show she wanted to do a thing and and now it's happening and i am so so pumped i am like yeah. every time that i see kelly sue DeConnick like coming into our our skype handle and like we're on a call with her i just i, I melt cool. i melt yeah. cool. also as king came to us as well <laughs> we, but, but, but your last sent, episode the, yeah, the Gloria o'brien sent, episode she sent us a message <laughs> We were like, no, you had to say, like, you know, I've talked about it before. We have a chat between the three of us in which she, mm-hmm. like, gifts and emojis and, like, all sorts of, like, craziness. We are so... Pictures of our cat. Oh, pictures of your cat, yeah. like, pictures of my dogs. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cat and dog pictures involved. Um, But, yeah, no, you know, she... I, 
she she came to us and she's been just absolutely lovely working this and making you know she really wanted to join us as well and she's been so lovely so i i do want to thank her quite a bit for <laughs> for coming to us and wanting to be a part of it so yeah, um, broadwin's read me some of the emails they're pretty entertaining oh. yeah yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna just because i i have to this this all began in a weird way because sarah wrote to me asking about whether i thought that her bella could read bitch planet so i said <laughs> well well i uh, i don't know not being a mom of a teenager so i passed the question along to kelly sudakarnik who then recommended that well maybe you should wait though you could sit with her and have discussions about it but maybe wait a year or two but here's a book you should read glory o'brien's history right. of the yeah. future which and is an excellent book Oh, it's awesome. I read it. I, know, I, I read it and adored awesome. it. Yeah. yeah. So. So, yeah, super exciting. That's great. Yes. <laughs> is there is there a way to listen to it live while you're recording? Because I'll stay home on a yeah, Sunday. Yeah, come over to my it. house. <laughs> okay. You can come over, Bob. Do you want to come over? You can come no, over and sit in my living room. Come hang out. I'm building I have, a portal I'll have drinks. speak. No, well, oh, <laughs> see, now you're talking. I'm going to America Chavez you over here. That's what's going to yeah, happen. I'm going to punch a star in the universe. I would... I would not want to infringe. Oh, you'd never be. By sitting, yes, I would. No, you would not. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk Saturday. Okay. How's we'll it? We'll talk, talk Saturday. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. So thrilled for you guys. That is going to be an awesome episode. All right. There <laughs> yes. you have it. No questions yeah. asked. Wow. Ladies of Valhalla making moves. Doing stuff. Doing, doing <laughs> yeah. things. Doing, doing stuff. things. Talking about stuff. Took us a lot longer than that to get a good guest. Took longer than that for you to even ask me to come on the show. I'm sorry. That's not accurate. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, you're you're already on the map, but this is this show is gonna make you a capital of something. I'll tell you that. It's really cool. Like I, I'm just still so shocked that this is actually happening. You know, like it's still not real. It won't be real until it's like recorded and done. So I still can't <laughs> believe we do this show every week. <laughs> Like I, I sit down right before we start and I got to clear my head and I got to put on the voice and do the thing and like push aside everything else that we have going on throughout the day and be like, hey, it's time to talk about comics. Comics time. Smile, Steve. It's all right. The world's not crumbling down around you. It's all good. It is the best night of the week, no matter what else has gone on. It is. And the last couple of days were hideous. This is awesome. This, this is, is awesome being place. with you guys. Yes. This is the good place. Not yeah. like the show, but uh, other stuff. All right. Uh, for those of you good place fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Oh wink, wink. Forking awesome. All right. Bob, would you care to do a lightning round? Oh, okay. Sure. Rumble, rumble, crackle, fizz. All right. Um, you can all make What's your that? What was that? Al was that Alka What was that going no. on? Oh, though I did receive pop, pop, word fizz, fizz. that oh, relief it. some of our listeners do uh, their own lightning uh, sound effects when the lightning rounds come on. Well, so, <laughs> send them along to us. We'd like to hear. We're not as ridiculous. Yeah, we should. Yes. Record we'll yourselves we'll doing use it. it and we'll use yeah. it as a sounder and play it before the lightning round. Absolutely we will. Oh, that would be cool. Amazing. Um, yeah. podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com for the email. Send those over. That would be awesome. And the day we use those, we're going to go back to the scat version of the theme just for one night. <laughs> All right, Bob, you have five minutes on okay. the clock. Ready and go. Well, 
Entranced by the Amanda Connor Infinity cover, I picked up Harley Quinn number 50 by Sam Humphreys and a team of 15 artists and six colorists. Uh, brilliantly riffing on Grant Morrison's multiversity, when Harley shows her mom a comic book based on her exploits, a comic that looks suspiciously like the one we're reading, and that transforms into the one that they're reading too, her mother transforms into a mass of little pink flower petals and disappears. Cue the entrance music of Johnny DC, Continuity Cop, who tells Harley that she's destroyed DC's continuity entirely. A madcap chase across the DC multiverse ensues with each stop depicted by an art team perfectly suited to its tone, such as Agnes Garboska on Harley Love. Just simply a lot of fun. These art jam issues are the greatest. And even though I'm not up on Harley anymore, got to stop in for one of these. Uh, also, a sort of a one-shot, because Harley is in its own way. Next, Captain America Annual 1 by Teeny Howard. Uh, art by Chris Sprouse. And it's a tale set during the closing days of World War II. Cap and Bucky on a mission deep behind enemy lines. And their encounter with three people who have escaped from a Nazi prison camp, each with a story of special circumstance and persecution. Less a superhero story than a personal statement about families by Teeny Howard in her first Marvel work. And it was just absolutely wonderfully done. You know, if, you, if you've missed Cap in World War II, it's right there. Thor number five, Jason Aaron with guest artist Christian Ward, which tells you it's going to be cosmic, brings us a tale of the far, far future. Old Father Thor and his granddaughters, Frigg, Elizabeth, and Etli, have re-sparked life on Earth, but there are those who oppose these developments. The Wolverine, for instance, now known as Old Man Phoenix, who believes, quote, it's time for the universe to go the hell away, Thor. While at the other end of the universe, back on Midgard, the goddesses of thunder encountered some monstrous foes. And their incredibly powerful master, who I'm not going to say yet, because you should see it. It's a great last page reveal. This concludes next issue, and I'm psyched that there's some more of what's going on there. Life of Captain Marvel, number three, by Margaret Stoll, with art by Charles Pacheco, uh, Carlos Pacheco, sorry, and flashbacks, Marguerite Savage, unveils what could turn out to be an amazing revelation about Carol's past. And that sequence, along with some signature Captain Marvel action, Orwell will probably catch the eye. But for me, the highlights were simpler flashbacks with young Carol Danvers, where we can see the woman and hero she'll become, a bit that follows a charming moment with an old friend from that flashback, as well as some amazingly powerful conversations with her mother. As I've said for a while, Margaret Stoll's been doing tremendously fine work with this character, and so I'm eager to see where the shocking ending of this one will lead as well. Finally, I took a flyer on Dick Tracy number one from IDW, uh, which has a story by Lee and Michael Allred, pencils by Rich Tommaso, and inks and colors by Michael and Laura Allred. Now, I read this mostly through the Allred Cube aspect of this thing, but I'm a fan of Chester Gould's original newspaper strip, and this version is an update in that there's some modern tech, but it still seems like the 1930s or 40s, so it's something like Tim Burton's Batman films were. Dick Tracy also is sort of a Dirty Harry kind of character, which really isn't far from his original conception back as the gangbuster of the 30s, kind of an Elliot Ness going after Al Capone and that sort of stuff. If you're a fan of the old books, I think you really love this, the old strips. And if you're not, you might become one.
That that oh. is it for me. Very nice. Thank you. Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Man, I used to love reading Dick Tracy when I was little, and I love the movie too. I know. I was just gonna yes. say that I remember that movie. Underappreciated, yeah. My yeah. friend, uh, my friend Mish bought it for me one year for my birthday on Blu-ray, and I opened it. And my face almost just ripped right off my skull. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh! She's like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "You don't understand." I'm like, "I love this movie. I love the makeup in that movie. All yeah. the, the different faces. It's such a cool." Anyway. He had the um, he he probably has the greatest rogues gallery in comic books or strips. Uh, what is the dude? What's his flat top? Is that flat his top? Name? Yeah, flat top. Yeah. What are they? What are the mumbles other ones? and mumbles, mumbles? BBIs, the mole. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, now I, oh, I gotta watch Dick Tracy. Yeah, I know. I want to watch that. Movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. Warren Beatty and Madonna. Madonna. Yeah, I was just gonna. There say, were a couple what, then. Remember she Madonna was, in it? She, she was, was like, breath, <gasps> breathless Mahoney. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the kid, the little, the little kid, junior, little, ju- little junior. Oh, that little he'd be- dude. He'd become when... junior. They didn't have gravel Gertie or, or any of those people yet, but maybe if they made another one. Yeah. Who would they get to, you know what? They'd probably cast Josh Brolin as, uh, as <laughs> yeah, a... I can totally could, see, I I could see, that. see that. Why I not? He could be, he could be him too. John Hamm could do a good Dick Tracy. Got to have that jawline. They'd have to keep the practical effects, though. If they if they oh, went all CGI and mapping with the faces for the villains, I'd be really upset. Well, when did Tracy come out? Was it ninety six seven somewhere like that? Something like that. I could look it up. Because that was that that end of the whole run of they were trying to do pulpy heroes. Mm-hmm. You had the Rocketeer, the Phantom, the Shadow. And then Tracy, and they were all good in their own way. I mean, they all have flaws. Don't get me wrong, but I could sit and watch any, revisit any one of those. Mm-hmm. 1990. Um, 1990. Really? So I thought I knew it was early because I was young. I was, wow. So I it's even before the Rocketeer, right? That's 91, 92. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's the first. See, wow. I was wrong. There you go. See, I got I learned. The, I saw that in the theaters with my mom. I won't tell you how old it was when I saw it in the theaters, but I remember reading Dick Tracy on the, on the floor on Sunday Funny. That's cool. Um, rolling right back to your your comics, Bob. I actually read a few of these ooh, this ooh. week. Uh, Harley Quinn number fifty was a lot of fun. I don't know that I was super engaged the entire time, but the art uh, display of art was absolutely phenomenal. John Timms in those first couple of pages. Like, yeah. Wow. Is that the regular artist for Harlequin right now? Uh, he. I don't know if he's right now. He has been here and there on the book. I think he was there with uh, Amanda and Jimmy. All right. Well, I have to. I have to see what else he's done. I really, really dug his style, and I really like the um. Like at its core, I loved that it was a story between her and her mother. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I really thought. That was what drove me through the book. Like the zany stuff that was happening and everything. Some of it was Justice League is dinosaurs. Yeah, that part was like a lot of fun. But there were other there were other pages where it was going so off the rails that it was maybe going into continuity and things that I've never read. So I don't know that I got all of the gags uh, throughout the book. But overall, it was a really, really fun issue. Um, Made me remember I have a whole bunch of Harlequin that I've never read before that I really want to dive into sometime soon. Wasn't the um, Agnes the Agnes stuff awesome? Yeah, a little Harley love. Yeah, there were like I said, there was yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, was it DC Cop, DC Continuity Cop? 
Johnny DC. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that as well. She first appeared in the old Ambush Bug books that uh, Robert Fleming and Keith Giffen were doing years oh, and neat. years ago. Because Ambush Bug was constantly breaking the fourth wall and making a mess of things. And so there used to be a male Johnny DC who was their advertising logo in the 60s and early 70s books. Hmm. So to make her a Johnny DC was just like, yeah, that's, that's what we do now. We move up. We go on. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I read Captain Marvel. was The Life of Captain Marvel. <gasps> yeah. I have thoughts on this book. Tell me. Okay. I, well, I have to I have to ask a question first. Is, okay. is this currently the only Captain Marvel book on the stands? Yes. Okay. I find that very bizarre and really, really cool at the same time. Because it, to my to my opinion, this is not like a, a by the numbers Captain Marvel story and or book at all. It is a family drama with Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. But so much of the superheroics, like there's something bubbling up in the in the background. And kind of where we're at in the story now, like we're just like it's I'm dying to read the next issue because of the way that three ends. Yeah, it you does know? end in a surprising way. Like it's it's a slow burn story and it's got a lot of family trauma in it and Carol trying to work past things, uh, her losing her temper, all of this stuff. But I just to me, it reads so much more like a novel than like your typical comic book. And I, and I'm guessing that's very much because Margaret Stoll is writing, but it, it feels that way to me. And I, and I, as I was reading it, it just, I thought that was so cool. I'm like, this feels like, I know I'm reading a comic book, but I feel like I'm reading a visual novel. If that makes any sense. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's been the hallmark of her work on this series. For the most part, she got interrupted with events. And events that thrust Carol into the center of them. Mm-hmm. So therefore, she didn't get to do anything at all in her own book. There were three issues in a row, basically, of her with Alpha Flight in space, not able to get to the Earth or do anything except beat some more Shataris up. Right. Um, but it's not the strength of what this book could be and should be. Yeah. Or what, what Margaret Stoll does. Because even her zero issue was Carol dealing with a therapist and trying to sort out her feelings about the various parts of her life. And it's, wow, this is, this is going to work. And mm-hmm. then instantly we were off into event hell. Yeah. But there were these glimpses, her interaction with the alpha flight team. Actually there was helping to fund the alpha flight space station. They were making a television show about Cap'n Marvel, whose outfit had the, the zipper pulled all the way down and all this other stupid crap. And it's like, Oh, Okay lovely comment on such and then nothing would happen for two issues this i think is this sort of margaret stole unfiltered mm-hmm. that I, I i don't doubt that there's something to do with the movie coming up that they're trying to align certain bits of the two different origin stories so on i hope it's not remember... with what's his face no, dude he... man from the <laughs> diner or whatever no here's the here's the thing you, you have to remember that the origin changes and it's subtle, but it, it it's between in in Captain Marvel, the old old Captain Marvel eighteen, where Carol gets caught in the explosion with the psychomagnetron and gets infused with 
Creed DNA, Jan Rogan, that whole mess. Mm-hmm. The when Kelly Sue did her time travel story with Helen Cobb, and they all end up in that same cave, and all of a sudden Carol's not unconscious; she's awake and making a choice for herself. So we've already had a, a, a tweak to it there. So it's going to be interesting to see what bits and pieces Margaret reassembles for herself here. And I, I, I'm just loving the three issues here so far. And just as you say, Steve, it is that personal family drama. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of the things that we loved about Kelly Sue's run, which was Kit Marina upstairs in the apartment building and, and, and her interactions with Monica Rambeau and, and everybody else and Jessica Drew. You, you read the book as much for that. If it, like with Hawkeye, if nothing happened and they sat around and talked, they talked really good stuff. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Didn't care. Here, it's all sorts of drama and a bunch of surprises. What is uh, Sugar Donuts dude face's name? Lewis. Okay. Um, while I appreciate that Carol needs somebody to bounce her drama off of and her and her thoughts and feelings and such he kind of creeps me out a little bit hmm he does he creeps me out with uh you know i've always had the hots for you and i've always loved you carol and all of this stuff and she keeps on either not like not dismissing his feelings but she's clearly got other stuff on her mind and i feel like he keeps pushing an agenda while trying to be helpful and I don't like his face. Okay. Haven't you ever had a crush, Steve? He's the (laughs) only aspect of the book that I... He he comes into into the panel and I'm like... I just don't... But okay, look, so so they're together in that sequence, and I I thought it was lovely. We we can agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, And Carol hears the sounds. Hold that thought. Definitely not a car alarm. Uh... Something's happening. And he says, I know, I'm the guy trying to make it happen. Look, it's not not happening. I just got to go deal with something else that's happening first. Sigh. I just God, don't he's buy a guy it. with a crush. I don't but No, I... Yeah. You think he's like an alien scrawl or no, something? No, 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 I know. I think I, he's a scrawl. You're right. He's a no, scrawl. He's, he's not a, a damn scrawl. He's <laughs> a scrawl. He bores me. He bores me. His personality... I Whatever. <laughs> But he has um, a face you'd like to punch. Is that they're, what we're they're saying? They're childhood friends. There's a there's a deep you know connection there. I totally get it. I'm look. I am really kind of blown away by this book. I like it. I like the book a lot. It it made me feel like I was reading something different, and I I don't really get that feeling from a lot of comics anymore. And uh, super enjoyed it. I just I wouldn't mind. If he just kind of like, I don't know, went into the back to make donuts and Carol's like other friend walked in and they decided to chat it up. I can just. He can't can't make donuts. They blew up his donut shop. Yeah. He'll find a way. He's going to be hanging out at Carol's house making donuts. He'll make him in the alley. He'll make alley donuts. (laughs) Find interesting ways to poke the holes. All right. Dirty donuts? Like dirty dogs? Lewis's Lou Donuts. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's move on oh god jess would you would you care to do a lightning round do you still want to do these of course of okay. course is it a lightning round anymore does it kick it to the count when we go for 10 minutes i don't think it works but, but that's, anyway. that's the after that's banter the that's the oh, after that's, after okay that's that's the, okay that's the back matter 
I know you guys are going to chime in. Mine, mine's going to get blown up. You're going to be invade by lightning round after no, we're I get not. To one of them. <laughs> well, maybe one. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> All right. All I'm right. putting five minutes on the clock for you. Go. Okay. First book up. Patience. Conviction. Revenge. Uh, <laughs> from Aftershock Comics. Uh, Patrick Kilden. Uh, Marco Ferrari and Robert Hack. Uh, not only does this book have a great name and has a pretty great story too, set in 2040, we meet Rennie, once a powerful leader in a crime syndicate that rules all of Las Vegas. He is now shunned, stripped of his power, and hiding in a shack in the desert. With more than enough time on his hands, Rennie has built himself a robot army, including his main sidekick, the all too self aware robot, Robot Paul. That is his actual name, Robot Paul. <laughs> He is ready to deploy Operation Patience, Conviction, Revenge on all of I, w- I want the t-shirt. <laughs> right? It's, it's a great name. It's a great name. Yeah. Um, this book, while dark and serious, also has a great bit of comedy. Uh, robot Paul is everything you want out of a robot sidekick. He is way too self-aware for his own good, really gets annoyed with the mo- mispronunciation of the Mojave Desert, and is super curious if he is too effeminate. <laughs> Even though he does not does not have a sex, it's it's quite amusing. Um, as I said, I always love the monochromatic uh, look to art, which this book has perfectly with a bit of pop color when they go into different like times, like the color comes in. It's really fantastic art, really beautiful. Overall, I really enjoyed it, and I'll definitely be throwing this on my pull list. It was a really good read. Um, number two, Rose, Volume 2. I have talked about this book before, <laughs> and I will talk about it again. I'm going to read the uh, the summary for this book because it's a, a lot. Uh, a ghost from the past threatens to derail Rose's desperate search for her companions and calls into question her worthiness to become a guardian. While Thorne struggles to come to terms with Rose's new knight protector, Drusilla, the evil queen, uh, has a magical collar that completely compels him to complete unthinkable acts. Will's commitment to the rebellion is tested with Illa's capture and secret long secrets long hidden are finally revealed in the dungeons of Trevive. Um, again, I have talked about this book a few times now, and the more I read it, the more I enjoy it. It's just straight up good old fantasy realness. Okay. Um, I do enjoy though Did you say this fantasy realness. Fantasy. Yes, that's a thing. It's like so jumbo it's, shrimp. Yeah, you know? no. So, so well, actually, that's that's a quote from from RuPaul's Drag Race. If you watch that, everything's like <laughs> this realness. That, like you know, it's like business realness. Like so, fantasy realness. Mm-hmm. Anybody that watches the show will get it. Um, <laughs> anyway, back. See, I told you it invaded my lightning round. Anyway, um, I do enjoy reading this book better in trades, so. though. I, I will say to trade wait a little bit for this book. I hate to say it, but it, it's true. I, I think it has a better flow when you read it in trade. But if you're really into talking animals, druids in the forest, evil queens, and fighting grandma witches, this book is wonderful. And the art is beautiful. Um, the emotion that he is able to create with the imagery in this book is is lovely. Um, I will say it before. I will say it again. Read Rose. It's great. Um, and my third book on the list Batman Damned, number one. <laughs> let's just nope. get this out of the way. Okay, let's get it out of the way. Bat-a-wang. Bat-penis. <laughs> okay, yes, kids, it happened. Batman has a penis. He is, also has a lovely rear end as well. Um, I know. <laughs> well, better than Nightwings or... or... Oh, yes, that's the real right. question. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it was very nice. The whole thing was very nice to look at. Um, 
I know people are very all over the place about this. This was like huge news. Even my mom was like, Batman has a penis? What happened? Like, so something on the news about Batman's penis. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you mean he's not like a mannequin down there? That's what I mean. So that's, that's, the, you know, um, that's, that's my feelings on this here. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what people are thinking. Do they think he's a Ken doll? Um, like, it's a real doll from yeah, American like, Mary, the movie. But look, it's it's a black label book. Exactly. It's a grown-up book. It's not this the regular meant, book. This is meant. This is on their black label. So if yeah. for those who don't know what the black label is, I'll read there directly. This is a quote direct, directly from them. DC launches new publishing imprint. DC Black Label brings edgy and provo- provocative standalone stories to the legends of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. It mm. is specifically for this. Um, actually, there was a tweet by Scott Schneider who, and I completely agree. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not really sure what what the big deal is about." I completely agree with him. Um, I, did people think Batman didn't have a penis? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, know that it, that it was, is that one of the like the shocks. I don't know. I that's, that's no, what it's, I'm it's a, no. In in the uh, we, we've invaded your lightning round, so let's just I go know, for it. I knew it was going to happen. I told in, you. In, I, already in, turned, in, I already turned the, the timer off. Yeah, so off. Let's go. No, in, <laughs> in, from what I understand of the story, I've only read some of it, is that Bruce is fighting his own costume alter ego sort of thing. Is am I nearly to it's the not, point on this? It, it does, it is, but the penis is in context to what's going on. Right, that's because what he, yeah, right, he yes. takes it off. He had been injured. He was heavily injured. It The whole book, and that's my next part, aside from, like, the bat dong incident, this book was really interesting. I think we just found the title for this week. Yeah. The, bat, <laughs> the bat dong incident. Um, it's told in a narrative style from the perspective of John Constantine. I'm sure he was brought into this because the main theme of this book is life and death, also God and the devil. Oh. Um, and it starts out with Batman almost dying or maybe dying. We're not sure at this point, jumping out of an ambulance after he'd been stabbed multiple times and bleeding out. He starts seeing hallucina- hallucinations of his family and of his childhood. Um, this book deals with the theory of heaven and hell, which is always kind of cool, um, I find, because I, I find that interesting. And yeah, so it did have context. He thought that he had died or he was dying and he came back to the Batcave, stripped off his his uniform and was having his computer scan him and he had no injuries. That was the whole purpose. He was naked to be naked. It wasn't like, it was just like, we're going to put a big penis in the middle of the book, which other indie books have had. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, there's oh, been plenty no of, question. you know. Look, yes, Frank was, Miller... was the penis there to sell books? I don't think so. It wasn't that big. It was very shadowed. It was <laughs> It wasn't that big. <laughs> There's, I mean, there's the was, title for the show, it was, Steve. <laughs> oh. It was, it was great. average. It was a nice penis. Oh. It wasn't I was going to go with uh, na 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 bat dong, but it's too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, anyway, continue, good. please, yeah. about the bat penis. <laughs> It it wasn't I don't I don't know it was like a, a a page of it and it was in like three panels and what I'm kind of I'm almost annoyed because there wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm sorry it was in three there was Did three you say it was in three panels yeah. I thought you just told me it wasn't that big. Three no, 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 but it's not like, it's like in, it's like, no, 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 it's like in like, you know, like a little, it was like very, it was shaded. It wasn't, it wasn't like prominent. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan's people, right? I don't, I don't think it was there to sell the book, no, because that's another thing. The artwork in this book, aside from the penis, is absolutely stunning. It's stunning. It's like beautiful to look at. So I, I was fine with it. Like in context, I didn't really have a big. I was like, okay, because they're they're not going to reprint it with the penis in it. 
No. They're going to remove. Oh no! In- yeah, no. These they're are going for fifty bucks already. Fifty, at least fifty bucks. Yeah, they're sold out. You can't get so one. So they're censoring it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And I'm I am annoyed by that. Yeah, Leave that's like, that's dumb. Yeah. yeah, it's already if you buy it digitally, which I had to do because there wasn't one in my bag. Oh. <laughs> oh. Me, yeah. Then probably people that bought it initially, there was maybe an update. Yeah, if you so buy it digitally, it's not in the digital issue. So what's there now? What's there instead? It's just shadowed. It's oh, it was that symbol. No, it wasn't, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it wasn't it's, that prominent to begin with. So it was easy to just shadow it a little bit more. No, it's it was covered yeah. by the, the comedian's button, the Watchman. <laughs> yeah, it's just so that's all right. You know what? That's what the internet's for. I'm sure it's everywhere. Yeah, you can see it. it oh, it's yeah, go to Bleeding Cool. Go to CBR. Yeah. Go to Newsarama. Go. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's I'll make it, it the uh, the accompanying image for that. No, I won't do that. <laughs> Yes, but no, with, with the Adam West yellow circle back. Oh, God, please. Yeah. All right, I'll make it happen. Make anyway, it happen. So, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I actually thought the book was it was pretty good. It, like I said, it was it was really, I, I think it's a shame that it's only getting attention for bat penis. Um, but otherwise, I mean, like, yeah. the story was interesting. The art, I like I said, I mean, the art really in this book yes, was, it really like, was. It really it, speaks yeah. to the maturity of the audience. But that's it, you know, and, and they did put it on their black label. This was supposed to be, it was supposed to be for, it says all over the book for mature readers. It Disclaimer, does not make, there may or may not be bad <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe because I think this was the first time that it's ever been shown. And I, I, I believe I'm correct on that. Oh boy. Um, so I mean, yeah. Look, Fra- Frank Miller did show Superman. How do I put this? Well, uh, bulging in his shorts in one of his Dark Knight books. Was, <laughs> there you go. I mean, pitching, what did they think was under that so What did they? What did they think oh was under God. there? So <laughs> well, this is going down a very dark and shadowed path. <laughs> yes. But anyway. I mean, it is. It was the biggest story on the internet this it, week. It, it was. It was. And if you thought I wasn't going to bring it up, you are sadly mistaken. It's <laughs> <laughs> really why we had you on this week. I know. I had to talk about that penis. <laughs> I love in our show notes you have <laughs> Batman Damned Number One, aka Batawang Number One. You knew in all caps. You knew I had to talk about the bat penis. And about five exclamation points, <laughs> a heart, and then J. Like you didn't know who it was coming from. <laughs> like you thought it was going to be Bob. <laughs> Could you imagine if Bob wrote that? Oh my God, I'd cry. I'm crying now just thinking about it. <laughs> Amazing. All right, well, yep. we'll, uh, we'll come back around to old bats in just a little bit. Yeah. But I do believe it's my turn for it a is your turn. round. Please go. Please. Oh, I have to burp so bad right now, but I won't. Just let it out. I can't. Oh. Maybe I can. Nope. All right. <laughs> I'm going to put five minutes on the clock for my old self. See, this is the part that Joey always edits out because he knows that I take too long to pull up the freaking clock. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Five minutes on the clock and go. So. People, after talking about bat penis, what better way than to brighten the room with talking about Rainbow Bright number one? What a segue! What a, yeah, that's a smart contrast. Now, um, little disclaimer before this book does not come out until next week, so this is an early review. Uh, Rainbow Bright number one is written by Jeremy Whitley. Whitley! Whitley! 
Art by Brittany Williams. Colors by Valentina Pinto. Letters by Taylor Esposito. Edited by Kevin Kettner. The town of of La Noire was under siege and on the verge of collapse. That is, until two selfless warriors named the Wonderful Wizard Willow and the Wild Warrior Wisp decided to save the day, even if the people of La Noire didn't particularly deserve it. I promised Jeremy that I would not venture into spoiler territory as the book does not come out until next week, like I said. So, here we go. Favoritism be damned. I absolutely loved this first issue. Willow and Wisp are two kids after my own nerdy heart with regard to their love for playing make-believe, as well as their practice to speak to adults with kindness and patience. Willow has a sweet relationship with her parents in this book, and I really enjoyed watching them interact with one another. Too often do I encounter absentee parents in comic book stories, and I was pleased to see that Rainbow Bright is part of the exception to this trope. The art by Brittany Williams, coupled with Valentina Pinto's colors, is to die for. They say that you don't know uh, what you'll miss until it's gone, and boy oh boy has it been too long since I've enjoyed Williams' fanciful and adorable style. Plus, considering how much of the book revolves Joey would around... would have done it. <laughs> Plus, considering how much the book revolves around color, you'll see... This book, uh, I was supposed to have a different inflection on that, so just imagine if you will. Um, this book needed a top-notch colorist, and Pinto is just the right artist for the job. If it's a different pronunciation on Pinto, I apologize. Uh, I'm excited to see where the story goes, and I adore the fact that the book gave me nostalgic vibes all the way through. Uh, I was not uh, too big of a Rainbow Bright fan when I was younger, but my sister was, so I was around it a lot. <laughs> Um, I used to be Willow and Wisp while playing Dungeons and Dragons around my neighborhood. Uh, they set the story, um, the setup for the story reminded me of a time when things were much simpler and damn, did it feel good to escape my adulting life for just a little while. I highly recommend picking it up. And if you dig it, be sure to let your comics retailer know that you want it added to your pull list. Pre-orders are key. Uh, otherwise, what do I have left? I got two minutes. So... Um, Melissa kind of got me to make good on my, uh, picking up of the Sandman and Bronwyn was kind enough to buy me the box set. So I got the whole shebang not too long ago and I have cracked the first volume. I planned on talking about the whole volume, but these stories are pretty dense. So I only made it through like two issues. Um, here's the thing though. Like, Achievement Unlocked. I now know the origin for Dream from Uh The Sandman. Something that's plagued me for years and years and years since before we created this podcast. As a a Neil Gaiman fan, I read all of his novel work, but it never touched Sandman. And so it was kind of this shadow on my soul, if you will. And uh, now I know where Dream comes from. It's amazing. It's totally Neil Gaiman, and I'm not going to get into too much, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of Harry Potter in that Dream, ha- he was imprisoned by uh, a magician for a for a very, very long time, and eventually he kind of tricks his way out of their incarceration and gets his revenge 
but his revenge won't be complete until he restores his full power. So he basically makes his way around these different realms and different uh, places and meets with these different people to get pieces of himself back. So he like shattered himself into these horcruxes and kind of stashed them around with all these different people and in these different places. And once he collects them, he'll restore his power. But because he's been in an incarceration for so long, like the idea of dreaming has been broken for a long time and the world has changed as a result because there was no dream Lord there to keep everything in check. So you have all this other drama happening in the outside world. And then you have dreams story. You meet up with Cain and Abel eventually who have parts of him that he needs to get back. And it's just so Neil Gaiman. It is so fantastical and ridiculous and right up my alley and I'm I'm really really psyched to continue to read it. Wow. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, thank you to uh, Melissa for I basically just cocking back the hammer for me to pull the trigger <laughs> and and start reading this stuff. Um, something I should have done a long time ago, but maybe not because I I now that I'm a seasoned comic book reader, I'll be able to appreciate it more. These are the more recent issues, right? No, this is the this is the this is the beginning. This is the very first Trail- volume. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep, I have not read any of the new stuff yet. So you remember when we uh, back when we were going to tour, when those uh, the ones with J.H. Williams artwork were coming out. Yep. And they were delayed and delayed, mm-hmm. and then finally issue two didn't come out, but issue one, the director's cut, came out. Yes. And then three months later, issue two came out and uh, they were gorgeous and beautifully written, but it was sort of like the chilling adventures of Sabrina. It just mm-hmm. never came out. And it says, so these are the original originals. Yes. These are okay. the, this is the original um, with art by Sam Keith, yes. uh, Mike uh, Dringenberg, Malcolm Jones, the uh, third, and then game in on, on words. And yeah, so this is preludes and nocturnes. That I've started reading. Awesome. And um, yeah, I'm going to do the whole thing. Um, the one that you were speaking of with J.H. Williams, that's Sandman Overture. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually have the, um, a hardcover copy of that uh, collected as well, which I'm going to read after this. Um, I'm going to be doing this for a while. Like This is going to mm-hmm. be my um, break away from the newer issues and, and fall back on, on some Sandman. I've been doing that kind of in the background, like not bringing everything that I, that I read to the show. Like I read, um, uh, Tom King, Sheriff of Babylon, uh, a couple of weeks back. Oh, I remember was, that one. Yeah. Good. yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Excellent. Very intricate, very, um, admittingly, it was hard for me to kind of keep up with it for a little bit. Like I had to read it issue by issue. I didn't just sit down and read the whole trade in one go. Like I walked away from it a couple of nights because they're just, the issues are so, dense with information and relationships and kind of like military stuff and and, and things going on in in different continents and uh, different world leaders. And that's when my brain starts to wander and kind of shut down with, with some of that stuff. But um, he has a way of writing it that, you know, really compelling and, and made me interested to learn more about that sort of thing. And uh, it was just really cool to know that I was reading something that was based on some of his own life experiences, uh, which I find fascinating. 
Uh, I also want to jump in on Rainbow Bright. Yes. I I know nothing about Rainbow Bright. This came out when I was already a grown-up. But uh, alerted to the fact that it was out, and from friend of the show, Jeremy Whitley, his pen, and Brittany Williams from Paca. How could I not want to check this out? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Now, Now, here's the thing. For me, not knowing anything about this, when you get an opening that includes a dragon terrified the good people of the village of Lenoir. Though, mm. back in those days, being a peasant was just begging to be eaten. Come on. <laughs> You're going to come with the snark that already alerts me to, okay, this is for everybody. This isn't just for parents who want to show Rainbow Bright to their daughters, and it's there for them too. But there's also, it's that Looney Tunes thing where there are levels. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. That you point out, Steve, the relationship between Willow and her parents. Her mom and dad are so cool about what's going on. We have little moments like, we're going to have to do snacks in character. (laughs) It it is just charming and wonderful. And these young ladies are real people. Hmm. Which is what Jeremy does so well. It was Princeless or Raven or certainly an Unstoppable Wasp. It is that I know these people. This is the way young people talk. This is not just grown-ups trying to do it. It is that sort of, what are we going to do and how do we do it? And and, and the imagination behind it. I, I adored this book. Yeah. Uh, we got it sent to us, to the ladies. We want to say, thank you, Jeremy. I know we sent <laughs> an email. He sent it to us. Uh, we got it today. And, the, you know, again, we were squeeing the whole yeah. the whole way through. <laughs> um, you know, as a, as a little girl, like, I watched a lot of Rainbow Bright. And I had a Rainbow Bright doll. And, you know, nice. and I, I was, you know, a little blonde-haired girl with, like, a ponytail all the time, you know? <laughs> like, oh. I was like, oh, my, I could be Rainbow Bright, you know? Like, yeah. that's kind of the way he felt about it. And I think, you know, like... You always worry, like, is someone going to do justice to, like, one of something that you love so dearly? And it did. It was perfect. It was everything I wanted it to be. It was, like you said, it was charming and and lovely and the relationships in it. And it's, oh, it was great. It was really lovely. And I really thank him for sending it to us. Um, It was wonderful. (laughs) It made our day. (laughs) From all the ladies, we all say thank you. (laughs) There you go. So go to your stores, pick up Rainbow Bright number one from Dynamite. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All righty. It is time to go back to the bat. Now, we should have discussed this before the show, but we'll talk about it now. I feel like we need to do spoilers for this. I I mean... It's going to be real hard to not do spoilers, and I feel like if we try to be cute about it, it's just going to give it away. Yeah. I agree with you. What do you think, Bob? Sure. I'm for being cute though, but go ahead. <laughs> do you want do you want to try to keep Okay, let's do this. Uh, let's have a non-spoiler section and then a spoiler section. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh Batman number 55 came out this past week continuing the exploits of the Bat and the bird, also known as Nightwing, a.k.a. second best butt of the dynamic duo. Well, we're going to have to vote on that. I yeah, I don't know. I think you're going to get 
I, I don't know, man. The butt. Did you not say <laughs> earlier that the bat butt was nicer than the, than the butt? But I'm saying I thought the bat butt. I mean, I don't know if everybody get, else. This, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if everybody else. Disagree, Bob. Fine. Bob yeah, disagrees. So. Apparently. Yes. Absolutely. Bob's team. Pe- like... Team uh, Nightwing. Team Nightwing. Absolutely. All right. There you go. Tweet us. Who? Are you team Nightwing butt? Are you team Batman butt? I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a a Twitter poll. You're gonna make a Twitter poll. Which ones? Which? Who's got the better butt? Well settle this next week um okay so this is tom king uh tony s daniel tony s daniel and danny miki uh tamal mori on colors and clayton cowles on letters uh the book begins with a stranger kind of blowing into town and just kind of going about his business you know checking into hotels looking uh enjoying the the local cuisine if you will and uh batman and nightwing are out on patrol doing their thing and i'll just i'll read you this one part from this one glorious page of this book <laughs> where they're both like you know in action like they're moving through the night and the the bat signal is up um which i'll get to that in a minute um and dick says gotham the night the rain and the dynamic duo. What do you say, Batman? Ready for some fun? Batman goes, no. <laughs> and it's the most dead, deadpan Batman response ever. And what it does is it kind of sparks this ongoing banter between Nightwing and Batman as they're out on patrol taking care of some new enemies um, that are really quite cool. I won't spoil it for you here, but... Um, as far as like the look of, and it also reminded me of an old villain from the, the uh, old television show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, you kind of you're exploring their relationship, kind of their playful, who's the better superhero angle that uh, that they bring up every now and again with Nightwing trying to show up Bruce and you know playful father son type of ways, and. Then, toward the end of the book, it ends with a very, very shocking final page. And I don't know about either of you, but I was, like, laughing, and I'm swinging on bat ropes and stuff, and then all of a sudden I was like, whoa! And then it was over. Yeah. You were like, what? Yeah, I I want to hear more about Napkin Man, you know? Oh, God, that was so good. (laughs) I know. That was so good. And I love how he, he he was driving his fist into his hand and kind of grinding it up like he does yeah. in the old show. Yeah. Oh, just that whole the whole banter. Like, what what do you say? Like, we're green and yellow. You'll totally fit into the background. Yeah, yeah. It'll blend in. Just it won't, won't stand out at all. It won't. That's the problem with Napkin Man. He just yeah. doesn't. Yeah. He should know that. Here it is. I knew it. Napkin Man. He's the worst. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody else? General impressions? Yeah. Um, look, it is that dual focus story. We do see that mysterious stranger. And then just you say it is basically Batman and Robin on patrol because that is Dick Grayson is definitely playing younger and punning hard, trying to get Bruce out of what, what's been going on in his life. And that I found to be a really layered, nuanced bit of writing by Tom King. No surprise there, obviously. The art, I thought, was perfectly suited, absolutely stunning, going from giant two 
two-page spreads with, with inserts to standard nine and 10 panel grids. Really thought that worked well. I, will, I do want to say something about the colors really quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, Tumul Murray, uh where was this moody, emotional color palette when he recolored the last issue? Yeah. He was a guy who recolored into all those pastels when they took Matt Wagner's son off it, and he made it look like Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger and George Clooney. This color palette on that book, I think, makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. I agree with point. you, Bob. I, I, that is a great point. I have you, every just... now and again. Um, uh, talk, this was like an emotional roller coaster. Okay, like I was laughing, and then I was not laughing. <laughs> yeah, right? and I was seriously not laughing. Um, you know, I, I, same thing with you guys. I, I mean, the banter was hilarious. It was so well written and so done. And just like, like I said, I think the fa- my favorite part might have been the where he's talking about the colors, where he's calling them chum. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you, I thought because, that's these little fish off fish, the back. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a bunch of smelly fish. <laughs> you know, that whole like uh, dynamic between the two of them is is wonderful. And and you know, and I think people that's that's like classic Batman Robin stuff. So if you like Batman, I think most people will really enjoy that. And you know, the dual story was was very interesting. Like you're not sure who this guy is. He comes in like, what is what's going on? And then uh, yeah, yeah. Do we want to go into spoiler territory? Because I think we're we're at that yeah, spoiler yeah, I think we're at spoiler that point. point. I don't want to like, but all right. So well, here, let me let me do the little countdown. Do your announcement. Give people give people a second to run. Um, if you've not read Batman number fifty five, you should probably tune out for the next few minutes, um, because we is gonna talk spoilers. So this is your warning. Three, two, one. I'll see you later. I didn't read the last page. Oh. <laughs> uh, Jess, do you want to give it away or should I? You shot him in the head. You shot, you shot Nightwing in the head. There you go. <laughs> the mysterious I stranger. Like the mysterious I was going to work up to it. Okay. No. No. Uh. He shot him in the head. Okay. It was insane. I was, but at first, like, I didn't even realize that that happened. I'm like, did Batman just punch him in the face? Like, what, what just, yeah. and then I'm like, no, he shot him. Like, what? That was the whole time. I'm laughing. This is like kind of fun. This is like you know, this is like really fun. I'm having, okay. We're gonna have a little fluffy. Uh, I thought it was just gonna be like a little fluffy issue. Maybe you it was know, be a good time. I thought it was gonna be a good time, and then they shot him in the head, like in the head. <laughs> you know what's crazy blood, is blood. It... Blood if you look, everything. If you look like two pages before it happens when he's aiming and Gordon is up on the roof with the bat signal um you can the dog that's barking in the building you can see um you, it says a roof for the a dog roof. barking yeah. is coming out of one of the windows across the way so yeah. i saw that and i was like oh shit no, I and then that. i turned the page i'm like maybe not and then the next page i was just like whoa nuts shot him in the head in the head and it's crazy because, like, the whole time, and this is Tom King, right? Like, this is him slipping it in and telling you that it's happening the whole time. But you're yeah. following this dude through his kind of like his ritualistic way of, of blowing into town, setting up camp and doing the deed. And you got this whole, you know, it was the one armed man thing going on. Yeah. And it's a little, it's a little classic for you right there. You got the nine page, not nine uh, panel page 
of the guy, the neighbor dude, whose apartment it is that Oof. he sets up in, being choked out over the course of nine panels with like his his eye getting all bloodshot and just a crazy process yeah. on that page. Um, I loved this issue. I thought it was amazing. I can't wait to it's read the cow. next one. Yeah, see, I thought he was just going to set this guy. I thought what was happening, he was setting up a new villain. Like, okay. Like, and obviously he is, but I didn't think he was going to shoot Nightwing in the head at the very last page. Like, that was not what, I did not think that was going, I saw him getting the gun and I knew he was going to, honestly, you know, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, maybe, or or Batman, I don't know, you know, I just didn't think it was poor Dick Grayson. (laughs) Like, who is is he? Was he hired? I don't know. I don't know. I don't and know. By if who? Huh? Yeah. No one knows. Is Deadshot upset that he was <laughs> able to? Here's a... okay. Hold on a second, though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that that bothers me. Not bothers me, but just I'm I'm curious about this. So they're on patrol and they're doing their thing. Oh well, you know what? No. Okay. I was gonna say the first bat signal. I guess it's for the the mummies. The the yeah. uh, phantom. The phantom. <laughs> phantom. <laughs> And um, then the second one, I suppose there's another one that Gordon puts up. And so that's when they, okay. Um, I was going to say, if the bat signal was already up, why did they do the contest and everything? Unless it went back up, which I'm assuming is what happened. Happened. Um, See, that's the thing. Like you're laughing. They're having a contest on who's going to shoot. You know, it's not a contest. It is. Sure. It's not a contest, but I'm going to win. You know, like that's the problem with napkin man. Yeah. Like he's talking about napkin man. And then, Oh God! Like I said, emotional. It was emotional roller coaster. I was just like, I was so happy, and then I was just really not happy. I was like, Oh God! Oh, I, it took a turn, a dark turn. It made a sharp left. <laughs> um, Bronwyn, Bronwyn has made it very clear to me on several occasions that she has Batman fatigue. Uh, she's not read Tom King's run yet. She wants to, but um, I. So every every other week that I'm reading Batman, I usually read it when we're together, and this time. I kept stopping in the middle of reading it and looking at her and I'm like, you would love this issue. Like it's just Nightwing taking it to Batman the whole time. And she, and she's like, that sounds amazing. And I'm like, it really is. And I stopped like three times to say it again. I'm like, you would really love this issue. And then I got to the <laughs> you, last page. You will not like the like, issue. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Maybe this issue isn't for you. Right? <laughs> move along, move along. Nothing to see here. <laughs> uh, I just, like I know, I know that there's been like an issue or two or whatever where we've been a little frustrated or lost or knocked off of our groove or whatever. But then this this run comes back with one of these issues. Yes. And it's just uh, like I'm right back in there. Oh, you know, good. I'm I'm reminded of why this run is so is as good as it is, or at least as I think it is. So yeah, now I'm no with disagreements you. Disagreements here. Nope. All right. Batman 55. It's all right. It's all right. Um, it's all right. It's all right. It's good. It's okay. It's okay. It's a good Problem. book. In the head. In the, in the head. In the Back head. and to the left. Oh. <laughs> um, Bob, so why don't you lead us in our uh, last open discussion book for the week? Ooh, it is the amazing West Coast Avengers number two. By Kelly Thompson, Stefano Caselli, Triona Farrell, and Joe Caramagna on letters. Now, for me, from the recap page through to Kate Bishop's files and the coming next issue page, this book was an absolute delight. 
you think after battling land sharks, things would get easier for Kate and her new team, but easier isn't in the picture when Clint's old teammate Tigra appears and she's 300 feet tall of Tiger Lady on the march towards the Santa Monica Amusement Pier. America Chavez gets in a good punch or two that seems to have dissuaded her uh, temporarily, well, with some help from their new ally, Brodock, the biorobotic organism designed overwhelmingly for kissing. Oh, yeah. He's Who's, a player. Who still has kind of a big head, which I think is a nice touch. This is just absolutely hilarious from start to finish. Charming, getting to know you stuff, giving everybody a moment to shine, and there's even some romance in the air. <laughs> I I just adored this. What did everybody else go with? Did you know that Kelly actually caught flack for the romance aspect of this issue? Really? From who? Why? Um, Some ne'er do well? No, no, no. There, no. From from a couple of different um, different groups, I would say. Uh, I would just like to go on record as saying that I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm not going to spoil what goes down, but I, I, I like these things. I like, I like watching comic book creators take risks, uh, with personalities and with odd pairings, if you will. Uh, it will be, it will be a funny thing to watch, uh, blossom. Yes. If it has not, if it hasn't been already, which it has. Um, but other than that, uh, Jess, you read it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <gasps> I, I, I enjoy, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's just as fun as her Hawkeye. I think it's like an extension of it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's clever and witty and funny. And I liked the romance. Okay. I am not one of those people that didn't, I did enjoy it. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was over. And, and Bob, you, that was probably, I, I want to say that's attack of the 50 foot woman. I think that's probably, yes. yeah. You know, that's what it made me think of. You know, I was like, this is great. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have a problem with the romance. I like the risk. <laughs> I, too I think like it's a risk. It's, you know, yeah, it's a risky <laughs> romance we're talking about here. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes people want to see themselves represented uh, in books, and they they perhaps lean on creators to be that voice, not maybe realizing that's not the way it always works. Yeah. But um, I look. This is issue number two. Hopefully, with with good sales and good support, it will go on for quite some time, um, and we will see a whole bunch of smooching going on. But um, the first reveal of kind of uh, inter inter team shenanigans, yes, has uh, has gone down, and I thought it was hysterical. Did you All love right. Quentin's shirt? Yes, I, I always I, I devamped Jubilee, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> That's a highlight for me. Always, I've been reading his shirts since the yeah, yeah. the Wolverine and the X Men series. So good. Um, there was at one point, and I'll say two two things. Um, the transition from uh, Brodock kind of being Brodock <laughs> into finding the evidence so to speak uh -huh. i thought was a little quick but i understand you have a page count to to go on i had to read this one this line from hawkeye about 17 times before i understood it uh at the end of this uh page they're they're talking about brodock and his name and stuff like that and hawkeye says 
I bet all $8 in my wallet I can't get any of the these jokers to spell me. I had no idea what uh, I'm looking that backwards. Where are we meant. Um, Spell me means... I'm well, the, trying to find, the, what, how far back are we talking here? I'm, I'm it's trying to find the, the end. I mean, it, um, what is the the Modoc thing's an acronym? Is that what? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think he's looking for his teammates to break up the name Hawkeye into a series of of names. Okay, um, so that's just, different than the actual spell me, which would be let me take a rest. Right. So I, I just it just I was. It made me, I was kind of like, huh? I, ha- I had to read it a lot before I, I think I got it. I don't even know. But whatever. Um, aside from that, the book was amazing. It's a it's a fantastic series so far, and uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, good. We're all in agreement then. Yes. Let's move on. <laughs> we have not a whole lot of news going on this week so we put out the word for some listener questions and we're going to answer them mike parr from twitter wants to know he's jericho uh, jericho hill on twitter i took a break from comics because i was spending way too much Mm-hmm. no that's like <laughs> because i had the collector's mentality i'm ready to start reading some again probably on my ipad this time What's the one book I should be reading right now? Okay, so everybody gets to pick one Just title one? to recommend to Mike. He asked for one. He did okay. ask for one. Pick your he... best one, Bob. Paper Girls. Do you want? Do you want? Okay, Ooh, good one. All right. Mm-hmm. Paper Girls. Okay. Fine choice, sir. Thank you. Um, Image Comics for that. Jess, do you have a suggestion? Well. I do, and it's Batman. <laughs> but yeah. it also depends. I feel, you know what I mean? I don't know what he likes to read. He may not like to read Batman. So, you know. Uh, he, likes a, he, he likes it all. He likes it all. Then Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Batman is my choice. Okay. <laughs> Easily um, enough done. Go yeah. ahead, Steve. Um, Bob, did you want to did you want to give anything of a pitch for Paper Girls? I think we all know who Batman oh. is. We've talked okay. about him and his dong this oh. show. Paper Girls is one of the most incredibly layered, weirdly constructed, world-built thing by Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chang about some literal paper girls. They're delivering newspapers in the 1980s outside of Cleveland. And the world changes, and the future collides with the past and the present, and they morph into each other. There's a cliffhanger at every issue that'll have you gasping. Characters you you love from from the get go, even if you grouse at them because they're they're your friends and they do stupid stuff sometimes. It's just incredibly lovingly written and drawn, and a great science fiction mystery that isn't like so many other books are post apocalyptic or they're some other thing of the future. And yeah, the future's gotten kind of weird. But it isn't just Harlan Ellison's A Boy and His Dog. It is something a little different, a little special, and I've been in love since issue one. So, mm-hmm. Paper Girls. There you I go. Second. I second the Paper Girl. And I third. There you go. Huzzah. Three thumbs up. 
Um, so I'm going to go a little outside of the box here and recommend another image title, The Weatherman. Ooh. The Weatherman. Good choice. Is only four issues deep, but boy, howdy, it is entertaining as hell. Um, team that brought you Shirtless Bear Fighter. Well. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we're talking excellence of excellence here. But it is about a kind of your, your guy smiley weatherman uh, living in a post-apocalyptic world where a vast majority something a, a cataclysmic event happened and a vast majority of uh the population had died because of this terrorist group and uh it part way into the second issue a little bit of spoilers you find out that the weatherman is connected to the events in some way but can what i can say about the series is that it is chock full of interesting characters. I want to know about everybody in that book, and everybody gets a series of moments to really flesh them out and make you love them or make you hate them. And the mystery that surrounds this uh, story is just fantastic. And the, the delivery of kind of the little clues into what's going on, I think, is really well-paced and, and well-proportioned. And it is absolutely gorgeous it is such a beautiful beautiful book kind of reminds me a little bit of sean gordon murphy uh in terms of wow. the uh of the <laughs> artwork uh i apologize for not having the creative team in front of me right now but it, it is the weatherman from image comics only four issues out so far very easy if you're good especially if you're going to go digital uh just grab them up or or grab the first issue and, and see if you like it it is a little brutal to start there's a there's a moment in the first issue that it made me very sad. Oh. But uh but I was able to move on. Jess, have you read Weatherman number one? I read the first one, yes. And it was very good. Very so good. You know what I'm talking about. But, that, yeah. Though. It was very All good. Right. It is rough. It's it's rough. Is but, it? But <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's too rough, but it's good. <laughs> okay. Uh so there you go. There are some suggestions for you. Hopefully by only Suggesting one apiece, we will keep your comic book buying bill down. Yeah, but what about what about? Bit. I have more. Uh, Joey would tell you to buy the Wicked and the Divine. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that if Melissa were here, she would probably mention Harrow County, Colin Bunn, or Coyotes, or, or, or Coyotes, Coyotes. Yes. All right. B movie Bry. What independent alternative press titles? have left an impression on all of you. Any companies like Fantagraphics or Drawn and Quarterly catch your eye? Um, Bob, would you like to go first? Yeah. Um, not getting directly into the two uh, publishers he mentions at the end, I loved, from Aftershock, Marguerite Bennett's Insects. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that really caught my eye. That was too... Uh, I think it's two trades comprise the entire series at this point. But mentioning Fantagraphics strikes me as my favorite graphic novel of last year was my favorite thing is Monsters mm. by Emile Ferris, yeah. which was one of the most stunning things I've ever read. And it's a hefty price tag, but it might be on uh, cheaper on digital or maybe second sellers at this point. But it's a book you can absolutely be drawn into the world and live with it for for a couple of weeks, little bits at yeah. a time. Great. Mm -hmm. 
I think if you have um, the Comixology Unlimited, I think you can borrow it, if I recall. It might have been, because um, I think that's how I read it. I borrowed it on Comixology. I don't think nice. I paid for it. So just a, a little heads up. From all friends at Fanagraphics. Yes, indeed. Jess. So it's funny that Bob says Aftershock because I actually like went through and was like looking and like four books that I pulled out were from Aftershock. I think that they're putting out just like they really are. I love Dark Arc. I've talked about that a bunch. Um, Beyonders I read last week. That was great. I talked about the book I talked about today. Uh, Patience, Conviction, Revenge is also from Aftershock. I think that they've had mm-hmm. some like really awesome stuff. Um, and um, SBI Press has come out with like a couple books. Um, I wasn't too thrilled about that one, Rick and Morty, Dungeons and Dragons. But there's a book called Oddwell. It's a, it's only had two issues, but it's really adorable if you like like fantasy, like younger reader stuff. It's been fantastic. So very yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, the um, I was gonna say for Aftershock, Animosity. Yeah, they're uh, yeah. They're just putting out great stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 definitely. Um, they've been on the end of the year list. I think the last two years in a row. Have they not? Probably. I'd have to check. I have, I have to check. To check. Yeah. Um. So as far as indie publishers, I have to vouch for one of probably one of my top three favorite publishers, uh, ever, is First Second, who I've brought a mm. lot of books to this podcast including Anya's Ghost, uh Vera Brosgol's Be Prepared, uh The Princess and the Dressmaker, I'm sorry, The Prince and the Dressmaker, Nameless City uh by Faith Aaron Hicks which volume 3, the final volume just arrived at my doorstep this afternoon, so I will probably read that for next week. Uh Something New, Spinning, um was it This One Summer, The Tetris Story, the Wrenchies, uh, the Sculptor, all the books, things. It's they're a fantastic, fantastic publisher. Love them. Uh, Arkea is also another fantastic uh, publisher that you could check out. They publish the Rust series by Royden Lepp, which is absolutely stunning, and uh, about Betty's boob, which is one of my favorite graphic novels of the year. Mouse Guard. Iscariot, mm. Feeding Grounds. There's a whole bunch Love of Mouse Guard. <laughs> yeah, Mouse Guard's so good. Mouse Guard. So yeah, so those are some, uh, and there's there's plenty more. Uh, but the, that's, first, second is way, way, way up at the top for me. I have yet to read really anything by them that didn't blow my mind. Uh, In Real Life was another title by them. Um, what was that? Friends or, I can't read it from yep. here. Anyway. Um, they're super good. Love them a lot. And there's a bunch of stuff from like Fantagraphics and Drawn and Cordial. I've read a lot of like weird kind of like punk indie books. That one that I talked about with the witch and the the werewolf and the cat that are getting stoned all the time. <laughs> that's uh, That was from them. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but oh my God. I was obsessed with that series when I read it. It was so stupid, but it was so good. It was so funny. Who did My Boyfriend is a Bear? Um, uh, Scholastic. Yeah. Scholastic. Yeah, Scholastic is another great one. Uh, Making Friends. Yes. Ghosts. Uh, Smile. Drama. The Babysitters Club stuff. Amulet is from them. Uh, yeah, they're sidekicks. Newsprints. Uh, there's a whole bunch of great books uh, from Scholastic as well. See, it's not just the big two. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, Joey Brachino. Huh? This, this character <laughs> Who's here. Who's that? 
I don't know, but he says he has a, he has a question. First time listener. <laughs> it's, it's a sports radio thing. First time listener, but first, first time, time caller. Is... First time caller, long time listener is what they used to say. So Joey says, I've been wanting to ask a question to the group for a really long time, but didn't know how to phrase it. So here goes. What book must Joey read that he's never read before that he must read? Wow. For when he comes back. Comes back. Yes. Does he think he's going to be on this podcast? <laughs> Didn't he get the memo? Yeah. Do we? I thought Solomon oh, Grundy born on Monday was that. <laughs> Take it off. Yeah, take it off. He was gonna have to come back. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to throw one out there for Joey, uh, for the three of us. You, you all let me know if you disagree, and then you can also give your own answers as well. But uh, if there was one book that I think Joey needs to read before he comes back to the show, whatever the hell that means, he should read Rainbow Bright number one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, th- I think he. Not only was he looking forward to it, I think he would really enjoy it. Yeah, so that's my answer, uh, Bob. You have one. Yeah, well, in, in the same sort of vein, I mean, he's he's uh, look because he's a Pukka fan. Brittany Williams on Rainbow Bright is right up his alley. Hmm. I, he should definitely be reading Squirrel Girl, just because everyone should be reading Squirrel Girl. But you mentioned Faith Aaron Hicks before. I think Joey should read The Adventures of Superhero Girl. Hmm. Because Has he ever read that? I don't know. I don't recall it ever coming up in conversation before. But any book that has the bear with a monocle, come on. <laughs> Gotta have that one. Bear with a monocle rules. Bear with a monocle, 2020. <laughs> um, yes, do you have any suggestions I, for this wackadoo who thinks that he's wackadoo. coming yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what he has or hasn't read, but it's a book that me and you have talked about. I know you've read it, but I don't know if he's read Scales and Scoundrels. And I think that is a must, and he must read it. I don't think he's talked about it with us. I don't, I I don't, don't think. I don't know. Yeah, and I think he should. I don't know. I, I just sometimes I just tune out. <laughs> I'm so kidding. Oh, yeah, no. I, but I, I try find to that back. dude compelling AF. I don't think he's read that one. With, I don't think he talks about it with us. Well, then. Yeah. It right? sounds like somebody needs to get some homework. Yeah, right? All right. Uh, we love you, Joey. Come back to us. Please. Moving Please. on to the next question. This one comes from Magic Reader, storyteller CBM1 on Twitter. Shazam stands for different Greek and Roman gods. If you took your names and used comic book characters, what would they stand for? For example, Bob could be Batman, Optimus Prime, Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, d- Bob, did you go with Bob or Robert? No, I'd just go with Bob because it's simpler. Okay. So it would be... I mean, it came to me almost instantly without even thinking about it. Black Canary, Oracle, Ben Grimm. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Hmm. Jess, how about you? So I did Jessica, which was interesting because it's long. <laughs> and I have Unlike Jessica Jones. Unlike the back dog. <laughs> it was oh. average. It was a nice size. Okay. It was average. <laughs> He's a grower, not a shower. He's, you know, it was flaccid. I don't want to compare. You know, you can't judge him by that. Oh, that's so not he was fair. Yeah, you, that's not fair. I don't want that's not ah, mean. It might have been way, cold. You don't know how cold the back cave is. Shrinkage. There's shrinkage. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, we could have been too Alfred left the window open. <laughs> it's, it's a cave. It's probably cold and damp. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold in here. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. Um, Jessica Jones, of course. Uh, e for Enchantress, S for Storm, S for She-Hulk, I for Invisible Woman, C for Catwoman, and A for Angela. Wow. Look at you. <clears throat> I did all females, by the way. Yeah. The Pantheon. Mm-hmm. Which Enchantress? Mm. Oh. Marvel or DC? <laughs> uh, DC. We'll go with okay. DC. Okay. Well, sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> sure, why not? Um, okay, so as you all know, my name is Steve. Hello. <laughs> for, for S, I chose Silver Surfer. For T, I chose The Thing. Does that count? Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, for E, I chose Esme of the Stepford Cuckoos. V, Valkyrie. And E, Electra. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Is that all we had for questions this week? Is there one more poking around? Joseph Montague, have any of you tried out the DC Universe subscription yet? There it is. My page uh, flew to the top there. Okay, uh, so Joseph Montague, have any of you tried out the DC Universe subscription yet? And if so, what do you think? Uh, I live in Canada, so I don't get DC Universe. <laughs> At least we don't get the the streaming content and I, I don't, i'm not even sure if we get the app yet i know that they they've launched in the states uh i'm hoping that the app will make it out to uh us canadians sometime soon because despite my thinking that titans looks like trash um i do still want to see it i still want to check it out very much looking forward to swamp thing Curious about the Harlequin animated stuff. Doom, Doom Patrol is for me. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely want to see Doom Patrol. Um, and the only reason why I'm sour on Titans is because I didn't really like with them leading with the fuck Batman thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. As silly as that was, uh, Brenton Thwaites, who is playing Robin in the show, kind of spoke about that uh, after it had happened, after the whole, you know, F Batman thing went down. And he kind of like doubled down on it, saying that like that line very much uh, encapsulates the the overall tone of the show and how like it's a story about Robin trying to going through growing pains and trying to separate himself from Batman. And I don't want to watch that. Like if you're making a team based show, tell me that the the show is going to be about the team trying to figure out a way to work as a unit to do their jobs you yeah, know yeah. uh that's the show that i want to see like it has nothing to do with thinking that the characters don't look cool or that the universe or that it can't pan out to be neat in the end just saying that the pr the promotional stuff that i've seen for it right now has not done a whole lot to uh to jazz me but that's just me um just what do you think i have not tried it <laughs> at all uh, no i haven't i haven't checked it out um I didn't know it was actually launched yet. I didn't think it was launched yet, but now that I do, I'll probably check it out later. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. I didn't like the the, the fuck Batman thing. I just didn't. It, I don't want that tone. I, I don't know. And that that she's saying that it's gonna be the whole tone of the show. I didn't see that. I didn't. He I, I, he's nah. saying that it's gonna it's that it carries throughout. And I think Jeff Johns kind of 
agreed with him or backed him up on that and i i just was like eh, eh. eh. that's a, yeah exactly that's the feeling it's like eh. so so yeah no i'm kind of with you on that i mean i think the rest of the stuff looks kind of like you said the doom patrol stuff like that looks cool but no no i haven't tried it no. am i interested yes have i tried it no <laughs> uh star girl is also going to be yeah. a part of uh that uh subscription service once they launch the shows and it's available here in canada i will definitely check it out Though I I can pretty much guarantee that I probably won't take advantage of the the online comics uh, library stuff. Well, I think that that's really really cool. I I buy more than enough comics that I can't even keep up with what I read. I don't need to add a whole other library to it. Um, but that's just for me, Bob. What do you think? I as someone who doesn't even have Netflix and the whole idea of reading digitally granted what is the cost per month is like 10 bucks something like that give or take it's a it's a pretty good deal like if yeah. you're going to take advantage of all of the Everything. aspects of the service like between the like the giveaways and the the vip exclusive stuff and wanting like i don't know special variant covers or even though that stuff can get really dicey really quick um if you're paying into that end of the service you're giving them money every month, you should certainly reap the benefits in some way that you get, like, yeah. you know, uh, let in on a few things. See, for me, when I read the initial pitches of it, the one thing that struck me is the difference between what Marvel does and what they're doing. Yes, they have all these streaming television shows. Marvel does some YouTube stuff. But Marvel Unlimited, you basically have access to their new books once they're six months old. But their entire history of publishing mm. every issue of every series, but they do make an effort. If there's some new version of something coming out, they'll put the old ones out. There's stuff from the golden age. And except for selected issues here, they're not as yet offering that function. And with DC's archive programs being shut down completely, where they stop republishing old books for the most part, that would be a lovely addition to this, where you could continue up the, through the Golden Age Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman stories that are now not coming out anymore in, in print. That would have that would have got me. That would have made it a, a tough mm. choice with some of the TV shows, but then the access to the really old books and not just the recent ones. Would you have subscribed if they were going to put the original print of Batman Damned, number one? <laughs> Ooh, that would be close. That would be close. Make you got me, it. got just, me on that one, that yeah. Much longer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of comic books, why don't we talk about some comics that we're looking forward to on the shelves this new comic book day? Jessica, why don't you go first? Uh, sure. Hold on. Let me just get to my list. Ah, okay. So, oh, Doomsday Clock comes out. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so yeah, that comes out. I don't even remember what happened in the last one. Gonna have to read it again. I may honestly, I may wait. I may just wait and read them all together. I'm, I'm not gonna lie about that. Join me. Um, they'll, they'll be the next century. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It comes out. I guess I'm excited about it. Um, modern you fantasy. Sound excited. Sound so excited. Ooh, modern yeah. fantasy number four. Yeah. Um, there's a Stranger Things comics coming out. 
Um, and then uh, Man Eaters number one. And I'm yes. actually really yeah. excited about this. I just want to read the little like quote of this. A mutation in toxoplasmos causes menstruating women to turn into ferocious killer wildcats, easily <laughs> provoked and extremely dangerous. Sold. <laughs> Sold. Thank written you, by Chelsea, Chelsea Kane. Yeah, yeah, written by Chelsea Kane. I'm really excited for this one. This is oh, what boy. I'm waiting for. I am waiting for it. I can hear the rumblings of the Twitter storm already. Oh, God. There's, like, a sneak preview, and there's, like, a flying tampon with a cape on. And I'm I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Yes. Please. Please. It's, like... There's like some definite like I, I you know, I, I there's going to be some pissed off people. The Twitter storm is going to happen, but I am dying. But you're here. You're here for it. I'm here for it. I am. I think what is it? It says part cat people, part the handmaid's tale. <laughs> well, yeah. Works for me. Uh, I, is, yeah. The art's by Kate Niemzik, right? Who did yes, Mockingbird. So. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. Flying tampon 2020. <laughs> um. Jess, what else do you got on your list? Oh, I think that's actually it for next week. It's a small week. Yeah. What? Ooh. That's Water. what I have on my list. You'll come oh, back in two Heroes weeks. Oh, Heroes in Crisis, like Spider-Geddon comes out. I have those on my list, too. You know. Are you actually reading it? Oh, but it's in my bag. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it's in my bag. You want to know who's in my bag? It's in my bag. I'll read it. I'll read it eventually. But, I, I, you know, I buy stuff all the time that I put. I told you, I have piles. I have going to read right now gonna read it in a week and then i'll get to it just don't right. feel bad i have sealed laser discs from the late 90s i haven't opened yet yeah, but i'll day. get to them. i'll get to them on a, on a rainy day i'll pick them up and read them and it'll be a great read yeah continuity will have changed but you know you yeah, can still read you know. sure i am certainly picking up man eaters and definitely modern fantasy number four as well as the Domino Annual, Marvel 2-in-1 number 10. Mm-hmm. Steve Orlando's Wonder Woman is oh. up to number uh, 55, which, coming out. Ooh, let me take which has been absolutely <laughs> excellent. And I need to check out, though I'm not sure if I'm buying it yet, Justice League Odyssey. Hmm. Yes. Be- because the art's by Stepan Shevch. Mm. Oh, yeah. So just going to see where the story's at. But from what I've seen of the previews, it looks pretty amazing. Hmm. My pull list for this week, Boom Studios, Fence number 10 comes out. Love me some sports drama. So good. <laughs> I wish Mara was still on the show if only to talk to her about Fence. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to be reading this book if she's not. Modern Fantasy number four of four, of course. Heroes in Crisis number one, Tom King drops this week. Looking forward to that i'm losing my voice justice league odyssey number one is on my list i am actually going to not only get the new wonder woman but i'm going to go back and i'm going to grab the ones that i've missed i think i'm going to catch up i'm in the mood you're going to enjoy it i hope so um cold spots number two also comes out wicked and the divine 1373 number one uh as bob mentioned the domino annual Extermination number three comes out. Um, it's been a little while since number uh, issue number two, so maybe I'll have to go back and reread, but I uh, was really enjoying that. Marvel 2-in-1 number 10, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 35, and X-Men Red number 8. Uh, and then that Nameless City graphic novel showed up at my door today. So I have plenty to read, including my Sandman stuff, 
I am set. Also, this is previews week, so people get to the stores and pre-order your stuff. It helps out the stores and helps out the creators. Yeah. That's right. Um, do we have any closing statements before uh, we get out of here? No, I'm saving it for next week. <laughs> Jess, you don't have anything, right? No, 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 I'm good. I've talked about enough penis tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Talking <laughs> Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Don't forget, if you want to make thunder sounds, please, send please. That's where you send them to. Please send them. That'll be really good. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. Don't forget to check out talkingcomicbooks.com for news, reviews, and articles about comics, video games, TV shows, and much more. We have podcasts of every flavor. We are the Baskin Robbins of podcasts, including Talking Games, Valiant, Adventure, and Ladies of Valhalla. Does that Yay. make me Bob. Butter Pecan, by the way? What about Butter Pecan? <laughs> well, for Baskin Robbins, does that make me Butter Pecan because I'm nuts? <laughs> womp, womp. We have a new gelato place <laughs> down the road from us. They have Blood Orange Gelato. Ooh. It good. is the best. Jealous. Coffee yes. gelato with maple syrup. I can't really eat gelato. What? Can't Why? eat eggs. I'm allergic, I'm allergic to eggs. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Makes life interesting. No Yo, gelato. that sucks. Can yeah. you eat pancakes? Uh, yeah, because some are made. I can eat like the Kodiak cakes and stuff like that. They're made without eggs. Kodiak cakes. Yeah, they're like protein pancakes. They're pretty good. Oh, okay. I've, you should. Um, do you have Bronwyn's pancake or her cottage cheese pancake recipe? No, I don't. But she, I will ask her for it. Oh <laughs> no, I ask her for it. Best pancakes I've ever had. <laughs> I love that. Out of all the foods, that were you. That's what you were concerned. You were like, can you eat pancakes? <laughs> Yo, pancakes are my word. Like that's number one <laughs> on the list. If so, they were to ship me off. If I had a final meal on my way to the chair, it would be a big fat plate of pancakes. All right. Good. You'd to know. stack. All right, where was I? Bob, where can our listeners find you? And I, I will mention my email, which is bobbreyer at talkingcomicbooks.com. And just to throw it out there again, we are soliciting interest in a Talking Comics meetup for New York, New York Comic Con. Right now, we're leaning towards Saturday night. And right now, leaning toward the Algonquin Hotel. That's what we're thinking. So... If you're interested, write to any of us or direct message, but send me an email. We'll figure out what we're doing and then let you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess, where can our listeners find you? At Jarsica, all over the place, everywhere. <laughs> all the things. All the things. Uh, I am at dead underscore anchorus on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, I mentioned it on the show a few weeks ago. If you're interested in checking out my interview with Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero uh, of The Room for their new movie, Best Friends, that went live today on Joe Blow, and it's really fun. We talk about killer clowns and playing basketball and platform shoes and a whole bunch of other ridiculousness, including Tommy giving a clown acting lessons. It's pretty damn good. Um, bup, bup, bup. So, Bob, uh, do you want to say goodbye? Uh, sure. <laughs> and for Jess, I vote for Bat Butt. Okay. 
that, that thought Nightwing forever. Batwing twenty twenty. What if it was? What if it was bat butt and night ass on like <laughs> on pill. patrol? That'd yeah. be great. I'm voting. I'm down. On patrol. <laughs> we'll stamp out crime with our cheeks. <laughs> All right. Um, I have been Steve. Thank you so much uh, for listening and uh, coming along with us on this wild ride. We will catch you next time on the Talking Comics Podcast to be continued.